Thanks for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more of our programmes, visit brumradio.com. Have you gone blonde? It's, no, it's grey. Is that recorded? <laughs> Gingers don't go grey. It's the one thing we've got going for us. We go you sandy. Go, you, uh, it's just, well, the colour's just... To white my my colour's just fading <laughs> <away>. <laughs> colour's just fading Somebody away. Somebody told me on my birthday that I look like the Night King. <laughs> well, it's the hair, isn't it? Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Bit of smooth, smooth, soulful sounds of Geeky Brummy. Hi, guy. No, that didn't. That just does not work. You just come up as a good cretin, man. I, there's nothing soft. Well, I say smooth, smooth and soulful, and then you go, no! <laughs> I do not sound like that. Yes, you do. And I peaked really badly there. <laughs> I apologise for anybody's ears for who's listened to that. I apologise for anybody listening to you thinking they've just turned into some tuned in some creepy late night love. Yeah, that section. Hi, Keith. Hello. Are you going to be smooth and soulful as well? No. Hi, Phil. Hello. So you're still on the wrong mic. Get over oh, there. So I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Catch. No one. Told, no one told me where to stand. Now we have a special guest joining us today from the Vinyl Frontier. Himself, his vinyl majesty, the Captain Kirk. Hello there. You right? I'm good, but I'm next to Phil, who's seeping gin at the moment. <laughs> You're a pungent man. <laughs> it is very warm today. I feel like just the sheer humidity in this room, you're all going to get drunk. <laughs> you, you, you remind me of the Cylons from BSGs. Like, if you took your shirt off, would your back be glowing red at this point? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> is that t-shirt going to get progressively smaller throughout the show? <laughs> sweat it's I think it's going to be see-through by the end of the show. <laughs> but I made it. We it are was, impressed. It was touch and go. I walked here, you guys. Didn't even have a McDonald's breakfast either, which is No, I ran out of time. And also I didn't I could not stomach the thought of food. <laughs> so what have you been up to this week? Keith. Oh, start us off. Been drink- Phil's been drinking. <laughs> I didn't drink. Yes. Didn't drink. I'm not a sober hero. Yet. Was that uh, October? Don't even get me started on the idea that somebody somewhere in this world thinks they're a hero for not drinking for a month. I could name somebody who heal that. <laughs> that would be quickly. That would, <laughs> Keith, what have you That wouldn't be week? heroic. <laughs> be tragic. Um I went to rugby, which was nice. Well it wasn't, but uh, I just walked through a housing estate to an industrial estate, which was which was uh, fun. Did you have the feature um, to rugby special playing in your head? I don't <laughs> know what that is. Did you have the theme tune to rugby special playing? Who was going to watch rugby? Uh, no, I wasn't going to watch rugby. I went to the place called rugby, uh, which are two completely different well, things. You still have rugby special yet? Yeah, but what, what does that sound like? It was the theme tune that's in Guy's record box. Yeah. Oh, right. I don't know what either of those are. Guy's record box. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll listen to that. I know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, uh, I watched Twin Peaks. And mm-hmm. Which we'll come back on to later. No spoilers. And that's probably about it. I don't live a very exciting life during the week. It's all on a Saturday afternoon. That's when it all happens. I live for the weekend, as the song goes. <laughs> Who was that? Was that? The... Oh. Oh. So, um, Hard Fire. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh god, somebody just listened to that blast out of the car window. Well, yeah, that cash <laughs> <laughs> I literally just like wanted to hit them very, very hard. Just, the just to be sure, hard, hard fight, hard fight is the one that didn't have the lead singer that did things that we shouldn't talk about. Yes. That's okay. I can mention that one. That's all right. Yes. Who had the same name as H from Stats? Yes. Did you want to take the name Hard Fire and put an ST on the end into their face? I, yeah. That I was a thinker. Yeah, I, I struggled with that. They are generally one of the worst bouncers countries ever produced. <laughs> I do have, have to say oh, though, the uh, Sugar Babes cover of "Living for the Weekend" pretty good. Really? Yes. Do you know they're as bad as like the Pigeon Detectives and um, the Cortinas? It was that post indie phase, wasn't it? Yeah. Everyone wanted to be Kasabian, which is inexplicable to me. Yeah. <laughs> Who would want to be Kasabian anyway? I mean. Rich farmers from Leicestershire with winkle pickers on. Rich farmers. Yes. Not oh, that. Winkle. Yeah. <laughs> As in actual farmers with money. What I'm doing though is I'm looking at looking at guy and I'm thinking we need to cut his hair like the new Thor. No. Old Thor. I'm thinking it's the source of all of his rage. That's not happening. Like Samson. If we cut that off, would you be really grumpy, Samson? I'm getting stressed though because I I potentially might be looking some some. To further my career, and like me, I'm, that involves having to go to speak to people to get a further furtherment and career. But I'm going to cut my hair if I go for such career furtherments. Oh, are you going to take your record of achievement with you? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that was essential. Oh, Christ, Does anybody still hair? have theirs? No. no. What, what is the record of achievement? Do you remember the purple book of dreams that you like put your certificates in and then like? It's <laughs> 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 like I'm gonna I'm gonna get a career with this book and then they look at it and they go yeah. So what's your actual experience? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I don't remember that at all. Well, what? What? Uh, my certificates came in. GCSE certificates in there. Oh, GCSE. Mm. Oh and God, I think mine. Like, I think I lost mine. <laughs> my my certificates came in a brown envelope. And that's why you're freelance. <laughs> <laughs> People just won't hire me. <laughs> and ask, oh, what have you got? I've got a grade three painting certificate. Does that give me anything? Yet? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I have feedback where I didn't go outside the lines. I think that qualifies me for a graphic design position. I can. I can't see Phil as an in between the lines kind of guy. I think I'm, Phil would I'm go outside the lines. Yeah. <laughs> You can look outside all of the things. <laughs> Nothing actually in the picture. I'm a, I'm a maverick. I'm curious to see if your careers advice was the same as what I had at school. Because when I was at school and we had careers advice in the last two years of school, it was a series of videos about how to become an asphalt spreader. I, I was told I could be a farmer. You look like you could be a farmer. You, absolutely. I, I could see you in a wax jacket. Oh, dungarees as well. <gasps> yeah. Strong look. They're back, actually, this oh, year. Cool. Just FYI. Both straps yeah. or just one? Just the one. Like it. I'm sorry, but if you come in dressed like that, <laughs> we are going to have to sing Come On Eileen at you. <laughs> so I wore a pair of um, braces the other day, and I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into Ooh. it. Yeah. It, it Cute as a button. <laughs> I, I just can't see this. Sorry, I've just got to take pause for a second, because I've got to take a picture of my shoe. <laughs> what? A certain person was taking pictures of his shoes and sock combinations yesterday on Twitter. Oh yeah, so <laughs> you'll be uh, you'll be you'll be delighted to know that I went for the, I went I went for the blue loafers in the end. Did you think that was Instagram worthy? Did you? <laughs> it wasn't. Well, it went on my Instagram story. The shoes I bought. Yeah. <laughs> did you not see it? Do you not follow me? Considering you spent all that money on the bag, I thought I'd just have the bag for about three months until you got your full Instagram value out of that bag. Oh no, I'm bored of it. I haven't used it since How I bought it. How much did you spend on it? It was only like 
Thirteen quid. It's not bad actually. That bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, nice I and you know, I don't like paying for things. Yes. As in, I actually walked out of a cafe without paying for my breakfast because Again. I. I, I yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just put let's put the brakes on that for a second. Thirty pound for the bag that's not being used. Twenty pound for the bottle, which is still being used. Yeah, so you the pi- bag you, has. No, you meant- pipe down. You've made a you've made a huge life mistake. <laughs> Where is your chili bottle today, kid? I forgot it because I was rushing out the house. <laughs> I am quite upset at the fact I have no cold beverage waiting for me in my bag. You have a lovely hot cup of tea made by the there's wonderful Mister Philippillas. And there's a cold tap out there. Just use that. It's, yeah, just lap from the tap. <laughs> The reason is because the bag can be used to hold many items. Your chili bottle is only designed to hold cold beverages. <laughs> <laughs> no, if they're tiny and fit through the bit, I could put lots of things in that bottle. They don't what, need to be pound drinks. Coins. <laughs> pound coins, <laughs> pennies. I don't know what you're going to fit in the hole in that bottle, to be honest with you. Lego figures. I could put loads of things in there. <laughs> I've just got this image of you now, like, shaking this bottle, trying to get, like, a Lego space for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you crush the crisps up as well, they'll fit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? Crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Salt vinegar crisps. <laughs> <laughs> or crumbled up monster munchies. Is that, mixed. Is, is that what's going to happen if lime and black pepper take over? Are going to get all the salt oh vinegar? God, you yeah. can ham, pound them into dust and store it in I might, I might go on a kind of vigilante rampage if they get rid of salt and vinegar crisps and just destroy all of these lime and black pepper ones they replace them with. That's not going to happen, is it? No, no way in hell are they going to get rid of salt and vinegar. Well, why pick on salt and vinegar? Because they they don't do it first ready salted and the one flavour that nobody really likes, cheese and onion. So why just no? Why not just get rid of cheese and onion completely anyway? Do you know what sod it though? If they did just buy McCoys instead, they're a better brand of crisps. Yeah, but you always a end bit up of a rustle. But you always end up with cheese and onion bloody McCoys everywhere because everybody buys no, the salt and vinegar ones. The Thai chili chicken ones, they're amazing. In McCoys? Yes. I've never seen those. Green packet. That's why you don't see them because you don't like the colour green, which we found out. No. <laughs> No green milk, no green crisps. Ah, <laughs> no green milk. That's funny that, that that green seems to be the signifier of terrible things. Should be good. Green is positive. Red is bad. Ready salted. Red. Bad. I think that's a that's a that's a construct of society, and we've been indoctrinated. Ready salted is for people who've given up on life. Yeah, I'd agree on that. Yeah. Phil? It's like if you've never had a crisp before in your <laughs> life, you might buy a ready salted just it's because it, you don't know any better. They're nan crisps. Mm. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, I think those are crisps that have been made They're out of beetroot. beige crisps. <laughs> those are the terrible crisps. Crisps made out of beetroot. Yes. Oh, yeah, they're mm. Vegetable oh, crisps. Dry vegetable crisps. Kettle chips. Mm. <laughs> Kettle chips are just an exercise in self-harming your gums. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would get stabbed at least once by eating a pack of kettle chips. I like a packet of kettle chips. What's <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how we got to my trip from my trip to rugby to our <laughs> hatred of crisps. Or what, what, are the, crisps. what did you learn about rugby then? Except it has a train station. Yeah, it had a train station. Yeah, I didn't really see. They had a wind farm somewhere <laughs> on, on the distant horizon. I saw that. I didn't actually see the town. I have is no it, idea what rugby is. Is it as like. crap as Nuneaton? Nuneaton is a crap town. Oh, I don't know. Milton Keynes. There. Milton Keynes was trying to build an American city in Britain. Mm. That, that's why that failed miserably. Well, that I worked for six months in Barnsley as well. Ooh. It's cold. Hull. <laughs> Hull, yeah. How was Hull, how was Hull <laughs> yeah. ever city of culture? Somebody please explain this to me. How was Hull like, city of culture? What, what do we, can anyone name anything that comes from Hull? I, I couldn't even point it. Fish. On, the House on a Martins. Map. <laughs> <laughs> 
Point the, proven. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the fish in the house, Martin. <laughs> What's a house, Martin? Is that like a rat? It's, it was a band. It's a band. Oh. Right. It's a bad band. They have a caravan of love. Oh, those guys. Yeah. In terms of like place names, because obviously I work for a company which sends people across to various sites across the country. There's one of the sites for one of the contracts, and there's a place in the UK called Snodderland. Wow. Where Does is that not just sound like what you call a snotty it's kid? D- it sounds disgusting. Yeah. It sounds Snodland. like a booger-themed theme park. Mm. Come to Snodland. Yeah, it's uh, just, oh, just oh, oh, with, the, with the green log flume. <laughs> Don't, let me move on, please. Or I will hurl on you. It's only around the corner from Anatomy Park. We'll save Phil because he's tried to save himself at the moment. Yeah, are we going to ask, my we gonna ask Phil about his week? No, I was going to ask Kirk and then we'll Kirk come back. Isn't, isn't there a place called Clent as well? Yes. Oh, I live near Clent. Oh, oh. What, what? I live near Clent. I live near Licky End. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I've got Clent Licky End and Twatling Road and Bellend and Bellend as well. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Bellend. Bellend, sorry. Is that Prince of Bellend? Should I explain? Should I explain Bellend? Yes. If we could. My my girlfriend's lovely mother turned around to my girlfriend a few weeks ago, walking down the street. And she was like, um, just wanted to ask. What's a belend? <laughs> and then, like, Laura and her sister were like, sorry, what? And she was like, you know, a belend. And then they were like, sorry, do you mean a bellend? She was like, yes, that. And they were like, go home and Google it. <laughs> Don't Google it. Do not Google bellend. Belend, right? Belend. Um, I'm trying to think what I've... Oh, I popped to Guys on Monday yes. to watch the final of Twin Peaks, and we got accosted by a cat. There's now a cat in your house. Have yes. a cat. Yes, mm. Guy has borrowed a cat. No, Guy's trying to steal a cat. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> be honest about it. I'm trying to steal but a cat. I don't know if anyone's Does this cat have a collar? No. No. Does it have a name? No. Well, there you go, it's your cat now. thing is, though, did you know that Guy can speak cat? When the pressure got up, you can, you can speak cat. Can you demonstrate? Do you know what? It doesn't work. No. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how Ryan asked Guy, does the cat have a name? So, <laughs> did the cat come in and just go, hi, Guy, I'm uh, Bob. I'm Steve. I am your new housemate. Please bring me food. <laughs> yeah. I bought that cat good food as well. I bought him four gourmet. gourmet food, you know. Little... The one with getting... the, the really stupid white cat on the front. Yeah, he's getting mm. a good meal out of me. But they turned his nose at the one the other day. It's kind of like, I'm not being funny, mate. You've come around here for a free meal. Yeah. And you're turning your nose at it. You well, know. it sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was actually knocking on your front door it was, at one yeah. point. I bought him a tennis ball as well, and I was like trying to get him to get the ball, and then Laura turned around and went, you know, it's not a dog guy. <laughs> yeah, I can make the cat parrot noise using my finger and my thumb. Can oh, I demonstrate? Oh, please. And now it's not going to work because I'm too sweaty. <laughs> but if you usually just rub your thumb and your finger, you can get like a really nice little purry sound, which cats like. No. 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 Just the fact me. that we're all here going, <laughs> nope. You're all rubbing our thumbs. <laughs> you got to rub it quite vigorously. Besides, we, right. all, we all know that the cat purring noise is them drilling for oil behind your city. <laughs> um, I think I went to the pub Wednesday. I was meant to yeah. go to football, but I thought the pub was more fun. As in playing football or what? I was meant to be playing football, yeah, but um, I so went I and drank beer. playing football as an activity, watching football oh, would no, no. really bore me. I'm, and I'm not particularly good, so I just run around for an hour chasing the ball. Exercise. That's fine. Yeah. A good exercise. Uh, and that was it, really. Pub. And then... Oh, and then I saw Guy again Friday. Ugh. Yeah. Can't get Sounds terrible. Right. And now he's going on a date with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so my life, everything's just going downhill. Guy stealing cats. And wives. Borrowing wives. <laughs> What's <Yeah>. this? <laughs> uh, it's been an eventful few weeks. <laughs> Guy, what have you been up to? Oh, I went to go to the Lion King and I did not enjoy it. 
You enjoyed it. No, I you did not. said in the group you enjoyed no, it. No, no, no. I, I was I said, I said this on Kurt's show last night. I liked the circle of life. It was well done. I nearly fell asleep at one point. Uh, I was getting annoyed by Timon because he's a cocky little sod. Um, <laughs> I, I just genuinely, I got bored at one point. I was just looking at Laura really creepily and going like that just to try and like distract her. So I was basically being a sleaze. It was just not fun. And then I ended up. You spending... identify with Scar, don't you? Give us the truth. Come on. Is that the bad guy? Yes. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> not even that. And then I spent 20 quid on a stuffed toy. So, you know. I think I got mugged off. I bought the tickets and I ended up buying a stuffed toy there as well. But didn't you openly admit that culture makes you horny? <laughs> this is <What>? a fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had a discussion off air yesterday. Um, that whenever Laura and me go to a museum, I do not enjoy going to museums. I hate it. So I turn into a proper little horny bastard and start touching my girlfriend up, being all, all lovey-dovey all over, kissing her neck, because I'm so bored at a museum. That, that is the only thing to entertain myself. Is, is it the Marvel statues, really? <laughs> do, no. do they set you off? I don't, I don't, I'm not even looking at the displays. It's just like there's nothing else here to entertain me other than Laura. So it's like, so this is, it's just, it's just a weird thing. I just... <laughs> Museums make me horny. <laughs> Phil is looking horrified right now. <laughs> I, what, what stuffed toy did you buy, by the way? Simba. Okay. <laughs> did they put James Earl Jones's voice in, or was it some other actor? It doesn't make a noise, Ryan. What, the Lion King? No, in not the actual the show. <laughs> and that would be Mustafa, not Simba. Yes. Mufasa. Mufasa, Mustafa. Okay, this is good. I've made. This is what. Right, there's. They cast they cast a child for the young Simba, and then they cast an adult for the older Simba. Makes but, sense. But the ethnicity changed midway through. Now I'm one for continuity. It didn't fit right with me. <laughs> well, it, it didn't. I'm not. I'm, I'm, should I'm looking not at the going near I was going to say, you should be looking at the performance and not the actor. Racist. Uh, <laughs> no one else changed. It was kind of like I don't know. It didn't work. It's not like when you change Ben Mitchell in EastEnders and you just get a kid <laughs> with glasses. You know, it was noticeable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So you didn't enjoy the liking. No. But you went record shopping, so you were happy. Yes. What did you buy? Records. Which ones? I can't remember. Have you so played? Have they go into yet? the pile of uh, not to be played? Not to be played. You have a pile of stuff which you never play. I've about like about a thousand records I've never played. Yes. I'm getting there. I'm getting through them. But um, yeah, no, I'm a record shopping. And, uh, I probably upset people, offended people in London, and not got annoyed by people. Standard. Right, Mr. Ellis. What have I you am. been up to? So on Tuesday, I went to a bartending competition um, at Be It One. That was a job interview we didn't realise. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, I just... He I came back the next day. So yeah, I, and I, then I went back. Um, so I, I basically just I got sat down and served old fashions for six hours while people shook stuff around and showed off. Um, and then the next day I went to... Uh, Are you to, sure this was a cocktail bar? <laughs> yes. And then I went back the next day for a cocktail masterclass and they let me behind the bar. He's definitely been hired, right? Yeah. And um, I, I, it was amazing. I made a, a Coco Italiano, which is uh, basically a tequila martini. That sounds like it should be the name of one of Guy's records. Coco Italiano. It was, it was it, I mean, it was lush. It, it basically tasted like strawberries and cigarettes. <laughs> Um, it was like it was sweet but lethal. 
like myself. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then last night, um, I went to Moore Hall Hotel for a lovely posh dinner hosted by Edinburgh Gin. 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 And, and, and wine, and more gin, and then more wine, and then more gin. And, uh, and that's why I am literally perspiring pure ethanol today. <laughs> I would say that you spend a good 50% of your week drunk. That's fair, yeah. And then the other 50% hungover. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Accurate. I just live better than are, everyone are you, else. Are you, are you like Archer? Are you like Sterling Archer? If I was ever sober, hangover well, will kill you. You do know that's what killed Amy Winehouse. You know, it was actually the lack of alcohol that killed yeah, but her. You're, you're too old now to join the 27 Club, mate. So. I know, so now I need to like live until at least 60. We need so. to recover a 10% in there somewhere for him to be taking photos of his shoes and <laughs> stuff as well. In they were nice time. shoes. <laughs> you know, when you took those pictures, did you have any thought for a second, like, hang on a minute, this might have some kind of repercussion? <laughs> I was literally, I was like, okay, I, I need to buy a pair of shoes. I like all three pairs. Look, Twitter, which one should I buy? I picture yet of him sitting there like he's in the Kingsman. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was just because, um, yeah, one of the people I was out with last night, I was like, oh, you look like you're going on the red carpet. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, you look really nice. I was like, it's my job. Yes. So, yeah, I do. I know. Thank you. <laughs> Did Twitter actually help you decide which shoes to get? Um, they were like, get the brown ones. And I was like, no, I'm going to text my friend who's from Brooklyn and more fashionable than anyone I know. And I just got him to tell me which ones to buy. So, how so you asked a hipster. directly messaged him the pictures. I, I, I WhatsApped him those three photos of my feet. And I was just like, which ones? And he, immediately he was like, because Bradley gets it. He was immediately was like, well, what's the occasion? What are you wearing? I was like, blue. He's like, what kind of blue, Phil? Help me out here. And I was like, baby blue. He was like, right, get these ones. How long were you in the shop for? I mean, two assistants separate, separately came up to ask me if I was all right. No. <laughs> I, was, I was sat there with, with a, I was literally there like with a shoe in each hand. I was like, oh, I don't know. Now, oh. we all know I don't have great fashion sense, to be fair to myself. But me, it's just whatever's in the wardrobe. I mean, how long do you spend planning an outfit for a night out? Um, I, I, I don't want to say. I know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just that everything the... in my wardrobe looks nice, Ryan. Have you heard about this Alexa fashion app that you can get now? Which yeah, got I, camera on I don't want phone. some snotty speaker telling me what to wear because yeah. I know my body. <laughs> I, I was almost going where you were going, Brian. But what yes. I do think we should do is we should reach out to some toy manufacturer to create a Phil Ellis doll that comes with an entire wardrobe of clothes. We can dress a little version of himself up. With a verified blue tick hat. Yeah. He, he needs to think from Clueless, you know, when she's changing the outfits on the, <laughs> on the screen. Maybe Lisa's yes. But you know when you were in the shop, so these two assistants, I get the feeling they probably thought you were homeless because you probably smelled of alcohol. So they were probably like, oh, I've got this guy's no, because <laughs> Thursday was the just being picky about it. Thursday, Thursday night was the only night I, d- I didn't drink this week, so I actually smelled perfectly fresh <laughs> on the Friday. <laughs> and we all know it's not a good idea to steal shoes because they only come with one foot. Did you remember you get to a pay? pay? I did pay for them and I had that amazing moment where I took them up to the counter and then they scanned them and they like they were on sale and they reduced far more than I thought. Did you I was like, oh thank god, because actually I shouldn't have been spending that much money on them. <laughs> <laughs> My bar job doesn't pay that well. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, how's your week? It's been a busy one actually. What tweeting and like getting light for? All it? I will live tweet in MasterChef, Celebrity MasterChef, which is been interesting this series. And somebody went through who should not have been allowed near a kitchen in the first place last Greg night. Greg Wallace, I like it. 
And I've also been doing Great British Bake Off, which I'm still getting annoyed at the adverts. I, yeah, like, the, the, it's, it's literally on the first episode last week, the first ad break. I think ev- you could almost hear everyone in the nation go, oh! So what I've now decided to do during my live tweeting is just tweet out gifts of puppies and kittens and small animals during the ad break for people to keep entertained. That's quality content. Yes. <laughs> this is engaging content. Hashtag engagement. Well, that was pretty much it. And uh, voting close for my blogging award nomination. So if you haven't voted, I hate you all. (laughs) (laughs) Time to get on with the show, I think. Yeah. Weird news. And we have a special guest to join us for weird news, Mr. Nate Crowley. Welcome. Right. So if you haven't heard this feature before, I look around the interwebs and try and find the weirdest news story I can each week. We were going to do the poo Tinder date one, but everybody's done that now. And if you haven't heard about it... Girl did a dumb, <laughs> she tried to get rid of it, he wants some money, there you sod go. off. <laughs> there you go, I'll sum that up. Right, so this Brutal. one <laughs> is from the Miami Herald, via the way of the Associated Press. Foul play, Dutchman in prison for stealing plastic <laughs> duck. <laughs> that sounds like a duck. <laughs> Does a duck even count as a fowl, or is it a water bird? I mean, what are the what are the taxonomic boundaries? Attacking here? the pun already. <laughs> yeah, straight for the jugular. <laughs> this is from the Hague in Netherlands. A Dutch judge has called foul play on a man who abducted and damaged a giant rubber duck. Abducted yes. implies personhood. <laughs> it gets better. We, we we'll get through this one. Prosecutors say in a statement that a 45-year-old was sentenced on Wednesday to eight weeks in prison for stealing the one-metre, three-foot-high, bright yellow plastic duck from outside the Goud's End, which is the Gouda Duck Cafe in central Dutch city of Gouda on June the 23rd. Is that the place where they invented the well-known cheese? Yes. I, I love Gouda cheese. It's well good. Oh, yes. <laughs> mm. Is it a duck good? Stop. <laughs> but back to the back to the duck. Is that really is that really giant? One meter. I mean, that's the, there are some pretty large ducks. Yeah. There's some big ducks. There's like those ones. <laughs> There's a whole book about it. Isn't there the giant rubber ducky that's been like touring harbors around the world? That for thing's years massive. Now, yeah, it's like thirty good thirty feet high. See, I was thinking it was going to be that. I was like, is this yes. guy the Hulk? And it's like, how did he steal that duck? Yeah. <laughs> but one meter. We're not saying this is a giant duck like under his arm. Yes. You know, like when you're a student and you always end up like abducting a yes. traffic cone. The duck toy was found but later badly damaged elsewhere in the city. So it didn't even steal it and take it home. This just sounds like someone got drunk. See, now, when students go out. <laughs> it is me. <laughs> if we all remember our student days. Wibble, wobble, wibble, I, wobble. I, I don't. When the point of stealing things was you take it home and claim it as a prize for your student digs. It's like you have an assortment of traffic cones, maybe a street sign. Mm-hmm. But that's, I, that's I like this guy's brand of nihilism, and he's obviously just taken it on some sort of ruffian's odyssey through the city centre. <laughs> there was no goal. <laughs> just like an Instagram story of this duck's travel. To Has he actually computer. admitted to damaging it? Yes. Because he took it, and then they say it was found later. Yes. So the two could be completely isolated incidents. Well, the prosecution statement says, for some reason, including <laughs> on the advert, <laughs> the prosecution statement says the man will only have to serve two weeks if he undergoes lifestyle training. A judge has also ordered him to pay €740 Euros of compensation to the owner of the cafe. And that's how we end the story. Is there a... Is- what, is I there want, an implication of sexual misconduct there? <laughs> I, I want to know lifestyle training. I'm glad you went there. <laughs> I want to know what lifestyle training is. Don't, Don't steal, steal ducks. ducks. 
It's just like I have to write lines in a room. <laughs> and is there a room with a group of people that are undergoing this training that they've gathered together every yes. every week? There's a whole room like okay, everybody. sort of like the room that gets filled up behind. Here's us the PowerPoint presentation <laughs> for the don't do these things that you shouldn't do. What yes. if that group therapy thing is actually a recruitment thing? Like they're putting this really tempting duck out to find like bird kleptomaniacs so they can assemble some sort of super team to nick a, a really important bird one day. <laughs> we found the plot for the new Ocean's Eleven movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe it's the... Is it, was it Dutch? Yes. So it's the Dutch equivalent of the Kingsman team. Yeah. The Gudeman. Yeah. The Gudeman. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. Ducks maketh the man. Maybe they use fondue sticks as their weapons or something. <laughs> that's, uh, I think you'll find that's Greer. <laughs> You can get a Gouda in a fondue. Can you? Well, I guess you can put anything in a fondue. It's traditionally Emmental and Gruyere. I got really into making them last year. <laughs> I'm oh, loving this cheese chat. <laughs> Welcome to Cheesy Brummy. <laughs> I'm hungry now. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Cheesy Brummy. Do the holes count? <laughs> <laughs> Were there any pictures? No. No pic. Oh. We don't even know what the duck looks like. I'm very oh, disappointed. Like a rubber duck. Maybe you should contact. Well, I'm thinking it is. I'm thinking is this an adult duck? Is this a duckling? I mean, they they haven't specified. And is it a duck or is it like a rubber duck? Yes. I'm assuming because it's gouda cheese. It's yellow, so I'm assuming it's like a baby duck style. Maybe. But you make a good point because the classic rubber duck is morphologically very distinct from a real duck. Yes. They couldn't live. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw it, it would be like a Rick and Morty kind of creature, like, kill me, life yes. is pain. <laughs> I don't have a bomb. <laughs> but I have a water resistant hide. <laughs> Why is it rubbish? Our occasional look at why something really has frustrated us. Right, I'm going to start first, and this is going to be probably slightly controversial. Idiots who stay in the way of hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Wow. <laughs> it's... Um, I have to stop you there. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hurricane Irma is barreling <laughs> towards Florida. <laughs> Hurricane Hit Harvey got started. <laughs> yes. I was going to say... It's barreling towards Florida. It is bigger than the actual state. And people are just like, yeah, I'm going to stay. I'm going to go into my basement. Richard Branson went to his wine cellar on Necker Island. I mean, if you're going to have to be, like, trapped somewhere for a while, <laughs> I can think of worse places than a wine cellar on a He owns island. an airline company. I'm sure he could have diverted one to pick him up. So yesterday on Facebook, I saw somebody, I mean, on just the most basic, like, fool. And um, he's like... You know when you can just like check in at the airport and you're like flying to and it's like next leg of the holiday starts flying to Florida. It's, it's like, like are you actually like just that thick that you haven't like seen or read a newspaper in the last week and you're going to Florida where there is a literal hurricane? There is three. Three hurricanes <laughs> in the neighborhood vicinity. So you've got um you've got Henry Font Harvey? Harvey. Did you say Henry Fonda? <laughs> <laughs> he has become he's, he's returned in Hurricane 4. And Hurricane Jane Fonda. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. 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 That, that's my why it's rubbish this week. People Ooh. who don't get out of the way of natural disasters heading directly towards them. They want to get out sweet, sweet compo money, that's why. <laughs> yep. I've just gotten really angry about something I just remembered, actually. Um, 
if I can do one. Yep. Mine is uh, train station pasties, actually. I got, oh. <laughs> I got so furious about these about six months ago. It sort of buried itself from, in my cortex and just come back up. So, first of all, like, they... If, honestly, if they made the space shuttle out of the same stuff as train station pasty pastry, they'd still be flying. They are the most <laughs> incredible heat-retaining properties uh, of any material I've ever come across because af- hours after cooking, it doesn't matter how long you leave them, you take your first bite, it will coat the inside of your teeth with gravy, you know, <laughs> ten times the heat of a furnace. <laughs> it you is get like molten lava in your mouth, yeah. It's horrible, and yeah, it's always like the filling is is like big chunks of flavourless potato and that really really hot slime. <laughs> uh, but then the the, the sign, the west, I won't mention the brand, but it's yes. the west part of a county in the southwest of England, and yes. the logo is a pirate tucking into this pasty as if it's the nicest <laughs> thing in the world. That he's committing suicide. <laughs> <laughs> He's not tucking in happily. Maybe this is how they like broke all the ships on the side. Like they tempted the sailors in with passes and threw <laughs> them at them, knocked them out, and then stole the cargo. Would it be like that battle in Game of Thrones with the green fire stuff, <laughs> but with a slightly meatier smell? The smell of slightly off gravy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it lives in the same world as a McDonald's apple pie, which yes. is frozen mm. on the outside and. The core temperature of the sun internally. And, and pizza cheese. Yes. Sorry, back on the cheese again. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm really feeling loads of phantom burns on the inner <laughs> roof of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, so as when you do it, as when you burn the roof of your mouth, and you just know you're stuck with it. You know, and that makes you prone to a cold, I think, as well. But also, it's just like, you could literally wait one minute. It's like, no, I'm going to injure myself because I'm that greedy. <laughs> but with those pasties, as you said, it, their, their heat retention properties are something unbelievable. You can mm. buy the pasty at the station, be halfway on your journey, and it will still be molten core magma inside. I mean, as of this year, Voyager 1, I think, is 16 billion miles into interstellar space yeah. and still transmitting. Yeah. There's a Powered pasty, pasty in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the British part of it. <laughs> Uh, Shall we go? Yep. Reminder, you have an event coming up today. Oh! I don't have an event because I don't want to go to somebody's stupid nightclub night. I don't even know why I'm on the list or how it happened. You don't even have to RSVP on Facebook for you to still get those reminders. And it's it's, it's just, oh my God, have some chill. Stop being so needy and then maybe I'll come. It's like I get like a notification like, oh, actually somebody might want to contact me on Facebook. And then you have a a reminder, you have an event coming up. No, I don't. I'm not going to this. I'm not going to an event at a stupid club I somewhere. I have not said or yes, no, or interested. Yeah. I didn't even know this existed until I got a reminder about it. And there's no way in hell that you'd see my face in your building. <laughs> I'm too good for it. Facebook is getting very it's just, needy. It's, it's getting too much. so needy. I got, a, I got a notification yesterday which said, you haven't updated your profile in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and? It's my profile. I'll... Fill it in when I damn well want to. Thank you very oh, much. Some, some, so-and-so has posted for the first time in a while. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I feel it's like intrusive. It's kind of like, oh, you're going to this. You are going to this. It's kind of like... Well, Facebook is a pushy mum. I don't want you to tell me what I'm doing in my social I, think it's I like, can't afford yeah. it. Facebook is like your teen pageant mummy coming in. It really is. Like, oh, maybe you should be friends with these people. No, there's a reason that I'm not. There's a reason <laughs> that I'm not friends with these people. There's a reason that they're on my WhatsApp and not on my Facebook, and it's because I don't want anyone else to know that I know them. <laughs> I was getting this at work. One of the guys has installed the Facebook app on his boy's phone, and it's like they're getting friend suggestions from years ago, and it's like, that's because they're in your contact list on your phone. Mm. Date, Facebook will data mine every single thing on your entire phone and say, 
these are your new friends. This like week, them, please. Face, I mean, Facebook is a liar because this week Facebook claimed to be able to reach more people than actually exist. It was like, oh, we can reach like fifty thousand. Like, what? It was like, oh no, it was like two million. 18 to 24 year olds in the UK and it's like no according to official census data not that many young people exist in the UK yeah so but it's not including the mole people <laughs> <laughs> and you're out of that category now just as a reminder how about you <laughs> shut your mouth okay kids first day at school I do not <laughs> flipping care about your little dwarf child who was ugly to start with is now wearing a little man suit on his first day at school I go on holiday when kids are at school because it's cheap I don't want children. I don't want them around me. I do not need everything surrounding me being your horrible little child's first day on a doorstep. Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. It's the mantelpiece. Oh, yeah. There is worse than this. Oh. There is the tracked journey of all the days, first days of school put oh. together into a collage. I don't want to see your child's progression from the ages of four to 13. Thank you very no, much. No, not at all. Ugh. That is what I hate. Facebook. It's like when somebody else's kid pops up. I don't want to see your kid. I'm not interested in your kid. I'm sure the authorities are also glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like I don't, I don't. I care what you're doing, not what your kids up to. Keith. Bosserous. <laughs> no. <laughs> in a segue from Kirk's school uniforms. Because <laughs> it's been the first. Because it's year. been the first day. <laughs> no, because it's been the first week of school. All I've seen all over the internet is reports of draconian measures at schools about... Wrong shade of grey. Wrong shade of They're going to buy the 15... Like, no, right, you know, let's, let's get to a point where either there's no school uniforms at all and people wear whatever hell they like and if kids start rubbing on each other about whether they're wearing Tesco tearaways or whatever, they get hit with a cane. <laughs> What's a Tesco tearaway? It's the non-branded trainers. So you had kids who were at school who wear Adidas yeah, who, could spend, who could spend loads of money on Adidas and then you had the Tesco tearaway version. Have you not heard that phrase? No. Tesco tearaway is I mean, the, it's I, the I, shoe I wore that those wasn't as well because I would use you in the Dunlop section of any kind of sporting <laughs> footwear. Puma. Slashinger was probably the yes. Tesco tearaway version. Yeah. Are you not referring to the practice of hollowing out a loaf of tiger bread and inserting <laughs> your feet? That's another viable option. So yeah, get rid of uniforms altogether. Or yeah. be like the army and just issue them and every school across the country has exactly <laughs> the same uniform and the only thing that changes is the badge. <laughs> and that would that would get rid of it, so that so they could just use they could use like you know leftover small army persons uniforms they can't get rid of, and give those to kids. What kind of conscripted <laughs> army are you thinking of that has spare uniforms well, for like, four uh, years? We're, we're in an age of like you know fairness and equality, so there must be a, a, a certain requirement of shorter people because they must be good in the army. It's like all sounding a bit through. Joseph Coney, I've got to say. <laughs> No, short people. Good for Bloomfield 2017. Well, you know the small people's um, uh, military uniforms we've still got around, of course, from 500 years ago. Plate mail. They were tiny oh. back then. There's loads yes. of it. Get and it'll make children strong. Chain mail. Also, as well, I mean, they wouldn't have to go to school in a Land Rover because they could just walk to school and they'd, yeah. like, things would bounce off them. Right. Brilliant. I was looking at my old school's website because I wanted to see what my teachers were up to and steal if anyone was there left. They partnered with John oh. Lewis for their school uniforms now there's like a link to the John Lewis website where you have to buy the school uniforms oh, yeah. on when well. did that become a thing when did like the big yeah. big stores I, muscle I in on the school uniforms I think kids should unionise and just go we've had enough 
we're kids. If we don't go to school, you're all scuppered. So kids around the country, I urge you to rise up against your school oppressors and go, we're not doing it. We're unionising. We're going on strikes. You have nothing to lose but your grades. (laughs) And to be honest, they're not worth anything now anyway. So, you know, you can go to degree and you're still not going to get a good job. But there you go. Phil? Um, Oh, okay. So I'm going to try and fit this in very, very quickly. It's when... (laughs) (laughs) Why are you looking at Phil as if you're thinking that's not the first time he's said that? It's all gone wrong again. You know what, no, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So why is it rubbish again? Recap. So mine is people who don't get out of the way of natural disasters. Mate? Uh, Was train station Cornish pasties? Okay. Keith and Kirk combined. <laughs> Kids' first days at school. Yeah. Keith. School uniforms. And Guy. Uh, Facebook reminders and still not being able to fit it in quickly. <laughs> Tweet us, let us know, drop us a message on Facebook and tell us why something is rubbish. <laughs> Hello, Nate. Welcome back again. Hello. You've written a book. Well, one of many books, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> You've written a new book, I should say. It's very pretty as well, yes. yes. Right, so for those who are, us who have not been social media savvy and followed your Twitter, at FrogQuotely, do you want to explain how this book came into being? Yeah, sure. So uh, it had its genesis um, in the same way as the other books I've written, which is I let a joke go way too far on Twitter. Um, <laughs> whereas you said, forgive me for plugging it a second time, it's Frog Croakley, so yes. Frog, the noise it makes, L-E-Y. Um, and I had seen, this was beginning of December, I'd seen a lot of those one like equals tweets. So you know the things where it's like um, one like equals one unpopular opinion about the ancient Egyptians. It's like pyramids are rubbish, and then, you know, yeah. for every like, they carry on. I'd seen a lot of those, and I had something else to do. I was meant to be working, and I thought, oh, I don't really want to do that. I'll do one like equals one fictional video game, mm-hmm. and... Uh, yeah, then then I got a thousand <laughs> likes, so it got difficult. Yeah, um, and somehow now it's a book. So you picked your top one hundred out of the thousand, plus a few little bonus extras in lists, and I actually went through the book over this weekend, and I picked out some of my favourites. Ooh, so you go through the decades. So it starts in the eighties, late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, it starts then, in nineteen eighty and runs yep. through to the future. Yes. And you've got some brilliant artwork, I must say. And these are the guys at Rebellion. Yeah, they were fantastic. So it's Rebellion um, who do Sniper Elite and things like that. They yeah. also have a publishing company, so sort of perfect for this. They did yeah. the book and lent me 20 of their games artists, and their work's pretty cool. It's quite useful to have those yeah. on tap, isn't it? It was a power I shouldn't have been allowed to wield. <laughs> <laughs> right, so my favourite one first, because I, I, I instantly burst out laughing at the first one in the book, which is, look, are you coming in or not? Which is... The, a, sh- a cat on a spaceship, basically, who just sits in doorways. <laughs> Classic. Which that's pretty much what your life story is at the moment. I think isn't so. It? Yeah, I have. I think I have said that to him this week. Cats. <laughs> Although right. I don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. Right. So the first one I picked out was the clown game. Oh yeah, this is the horror entry, isn't it? I'm yes. already shook. <laughs> <laughs> so. The clown game involves you having to make a bit of a sacrifice to play the game. Yeah, so this was supposedly an arcade machine that appeared in a, um, a crummy American bar for one week. And uh, instead of a coin slot, it had a silver dish yeah. uh, into which 
for every drop of blood the player was prepared to offer, the game would give you ten seconds of play. Um, <laughs> and play featured a clown sprinting through a desolate landscape, uh, cramming burgers into its mouth. Um, yeah, that was a weird one. They're not all that dark, actually. You really started at the nadir. Uh, I thought I'd go effort. dark, start off, and yeah, lift yeah. out. Since. Well, I love this because it reminds me of an arcade machine, which I can never remember the name of, but it's a bit of an urban legend online, which was a CIA Black Ops arcade machine, which apparently appeared in a couple of arcades. Well, that's exactly what this is yeah. a satire of. Yeah, yeah. And then just disappeared from memory and history. Eerie. Yes. Something really creepy about old arcade machines, man. Mm-hmm. Next one, we went a bit further, and I picked this one out specifically for Guy, because it's Guy's favourite TV show of all time, Beastenders. (laughs) And the cover is stunning. It's Phil Mitchell with a hammer, (laughs) getting down and dirty. (laughs) So, do you want to explain the plot of Beastenders? Yeah, so this is a classic early 90s Sega Mega Drive game, um, and an alien troop carrier full of bioengineered war life forms crashes in the fictional London borough of Walford <laughs> and as one of the few survivors it's up to Phil Mitchell to clear out the borough with a claw hammer. When things get tough he can call in his brother uh, Grant with a bicycle chain and a flick knife um, and they have to encounter things like you know Jim Branning's face on a big scorpion and, um, you know a pub full of weird amphibian monstrosities so yeah I really like as well the artist chose the font from Altered Beast for the beast in Beast yes. Class. How, how does Ian Beale fit into the game? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I think probably in tunnels under Walford. <laughs> Hundreds of him, like Smeagol. <laughs> Just crying in the corner. Dude, that's so accurate. <laughs> right, next up. I picked this one out because it's got a Birmingham theme. Oh, yeah. And it's a special extra one Dance Dance Industrial Revolution. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm astonished this doesn't exist already, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it sounds like it's a game that should be in arcades right now. Yeah, and, um, you know, I mean, this is simply a rhythm and, uh, and timing-based game about generating the resources necessary to mechanise agrarian society in 18th century Britain. I mean, it's pretty simple. Do we get uh, some local boys in there? It's a bit of Matthew Bolton? Oh, James yeah, Watt? yeah. It's, it's a black country extravaganza. The Dudley levels are really hard, actually. Um... <laughs> As in real life. Yeah, yeah. You're going to continually caper on limestone uh, while one player sits on London doing nothing. Uh, getting all the money. That's a bit of satire for you there. Yes. Um, so, and yeah. Another favourite. Take on me by Aha the game. We've all imagined this. We've all watched the video. We all want to go for that mirror into that drawn world. Phil, have you, have you never seen the video to I, take up? I mean, I'm not that young. Of course I have. <laughs> This, um, is your, that Lucifer? Uh, yeah, well, because I've reinterpreted the video. So. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's an, there's another way to tell the story of that music video. I mean, it's a, it's a love story, right? This cartoon racing driver gets out of a comic um, to romance a lady, but it's all very sinister, really. I think, what if he's just a demon trying to enter our world by convincing a lady he's a handsome racing driver? Yeah. And he's actually sort of comes from this sort of haunted, pencil-drawn realm of pipe wrench duels and meaningless motorbike races. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's my sort of twist on that. Yes. I, would, I would play the heck out of that game. <laughs> well, <good. laughs> Next one. <laughs> I didn't need to say any more than this one. Again, picked... Especially for our producer guy, Thomas the War Engine. <laughs> Where we, we have a mechanised Thomas the Tank Engine 
in post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, this is a bit of a fan favourite already. Um, and the art, if you if you are not watching via Facebook Live, um, imagine Thomas's happy smiling face pasted into a massive sort of Warhammer forty k yeah big Titan, diesel yeah. mecha thing. Um, and the game's basically I want you to imagine Horizon Zero Dawn if you've played it, my game of the year. Yep. but with trains. So it's set in the aftermath of an apocalyptic war between yeah. man and train called the Chugganing, and uh, a renegade warlord called the Fat Controller is trying to resurrect uh, some of the ancient trains uh, to, to put under his control. So a council of sorceresses get together and decide yes. that in order to fight trains, they must use trains themselves. So they dig out the greatest of the trains, Thomas himself, from the centre of the holy mountain, uh, imbue him with enchanted bones, uh, and the game begins. You sort of stride across this ruined landscape, uh, but, you know, beating up undead trains uh, covered in mad cultists. Also narrated by Ringo Starr, which would be the perfect... (laughs) But Ringo Starr doing a sort of Mad Max voiceover growl. Pew, pew, said Thomas. And this one, I actually do really, really, really want to see this in the shop. First-person shooter. Oh, yeah. Okay, I t- this is a game called First-Person Shooter where your role is to shoot the first-ever person. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to go back in time and put... You've got a single bullet and you've got to put it through the eyes of the first anatomically recognisable hominids. Um, now, I have to... Okay, I've got to admit... This name, when I was doing the original Twitter thread of A Thousand Games, someone suggested this to me as a name, and I can't remember who it was. I was desperate to thank them. So they get a sort of an unknown soldier thank you in the acknowledgements, because that is the best pun in the book. But I think the game would be... be, You could imagine like mixing it with a bit of Torok or something like that. Yeah, so I mean, most of the game is trying not to get mullered by uh, scene wildlife. <laughs> yeah, big woolly um, mammals and and assorted. Yeah, and you've only got the one bullet. You got to save that for the first yes. person. So yeah, yeah. I thought uh, it'd be fun. The last one I picked out. This one was for Mister Philip Ellis, especially. It is the greatest Gatsby. Go on. I'll let Nate explain as it is. <laughs> so this is a, a classic one v one fighter, and it's a tournament fighter. Uh, between 1920s millionaires. Um, and this tournament has been constructed by an AI at the end of time that's gotten bored, uh, wants to reboot the universe, but to find its consorts has decided to pit all of these millionaires and, and debutants against each other in an astonishing duel in space with like millions of oyster-chugging, champagne-swilling, um, sort of loose figures watching uh, so it's kind of Mortal Kombat but with a lot 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 more personal wealth <laughs> I really really want to play that game be yeah. I want to be in that game <laughs> I want to win that game I mean this book is just amazing I was giggling like a child all the way through which my wife loves I mean like Patarmageddon which is basically just Tarm- uh, the P is silence yes Tarmageddon <laughs> Sea Puncher Sea puncher, <laughs> oh, I love it. Barry the Shrieking Horse, which you can imagine that. Curry Nights. This, this book is stunning, and it is available very soon, I believe. It's actually, uh, it is out yesterday, although I've been informed Amazon has already sold out, um, and they're waiting to get more in. So you can order from Waterstones, you can go into, oh, I hope it's okay to mention the brand there, but yep. yeah, you can go into 
Um, I think any of the larger book chains are selling it, and quite a few independents as well. So, mm-hmm. and is this something you're going to feel like you're going to do again? Or would, if I'm asked to, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or are you going to limit the number of likes this time? Are you going to be very clear at the very start? Uh, well, I yesterday because um, I've been really busy with sort of the um, the launch of this this week. But I had a horrible ten minutes yesterday where I nearly started a one like equals thread on field reports about alien wildlife, which really yeah. scratches my sci-fi because uh, I, I do sci-fi books other than yeah. this, and that's my main sort of thing. Uh, but it took a stern word with my other half uh, to stop <laughs> me doing that and going nuts on a new project. Yeah, I mean, Philip Ellis is our Twitter expert with his Mr. Blue Tick in, it, it, and you are as well a, a writer. You've started short stories. I mean, yes. this is a brilliant way to get those creative juices flowing because you Sorry, don't know what you need. I drink and I write. I contain <laughs> multitudes. You go with the Hemingway method. The Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you mentioned your other works there, so you got The Life and Death of Schneider Rack, if I'm getting that correct. Yeah, it's The Death and Life. Death and Life, sorry. First, isn't he? Um, <laughs> so that, that's a story about um, a world where political prisoners are executed and then they're reanimated to work as slave labour on massive whaling ships on an alien sea. Bit bleak. <laughs> um, it's got its funny moments as well. So. It's a bit of a post apocalyptic Moby Dick. Uh, yeah, you can't write a whaling story without, you know, in some yeah. way pastiching Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I don't actually like zombies very much, so it was really weird to write a zombie story. Yeah. But I got really into it, and yeah, mm-hmm. I nearly just started on a massive tran- uh, tangent we don't have time for about uh, whether Robocop is a zombie or not. But let me just cyborg. Put in your head. <laughs> uh, oh. Because I think it's an artificial intelligence uh, which has been put in is accessing the memories of a dead man. So Ooh. when he spins his gun for his son at the end, that's not Murphy. That's just a replay. You're destroying the way that I see that film, but I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, that's a computer looting a dead man's memories of his son. <laughs> that's so dark, if you think. Murphy died on the operating table after being shot by Godica. They put a chip in, and it's reading his memories. But, I mean, and, and then it's like, at what point does an AI... Be granted personhood if it, you know, if it is is the memory of a man, the man. Well, quite. Oh. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting a bit real here. Welcome to philosophical room, <laughs> <laughs> where we host an hour chat about things that could happen. See, if you want to argue with me about Robocop on Twitter, just come at yeah. me. I'm <laughs> there all day. At Frog Croakley. <laughs> Are you still updating your Reddit? Ask me anything, thieved, or have you finally? Oh, the Reddit Freed AMA. yourself. Yeah, I didn't realise they were meant to be for a finite period of time, so I just sort of popped back to it occasionally. Yeah, it's still there on Reddit. I've got an AMA going. <laughs> See, hey, pop in, ask me a question. It's nice. <laughs> and the last book, um, Daniel Barker's birthday. Do you want to give us it? Oh, yeah. Well, that's actually how I got my first book deal, actually, was um, uh, oh January 2015. Yeah. It was my mate Daniel's birthday, and I... He put a tweet up saying, oh, you know, it's my birthday. Not enough people are wishing me a happy birthday. I like, he wasn't being sincere about it. He was sort of being self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. But I decided to take him completely at his word. And I wished him happy birthday all day. Then I started doing it the next day. Then the next one. It ended up 
being 75 days and it became this weird sort of metafiction imagining a world sort of completely enfeebled and consumed by the constant celebration of his birthday but the story gripped quite a lot of people uh, including my current publishers who <laughs> then, then, then uh, offered me a deal so yeah. poor old Daniel though we are still very good friends and it's not his birthday anymore <laughs> do you still wish him a happy birthday occasionally uh, we made a treaty not to do anything silly with each other's birthdays um <laughs> But I did give him seven cards this year, so I'm, I'm not really sure I'm <laughs> keeping to that. Oh, yeah, this is absolutely fantastic. And you are a local boy as well, not too far away. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Walsall, Wensbury border by the big Ikea. Mm -hmm. Just in front of the wastelands. <laughs> <laughs> We've got buzzards. <laughs> and many roadworks. All yeah. the roadworks at the minute. Yeah, we have a good time. We have a good time. Yes. Do you get your inspiration from the big monolithic Ikea? Uh, it's just out of my view, luckily. <laughs> um, I, my got my office set up in a, my conservatory yeah. and we're overlooking like this bit of abandoned uh, waste ground with a railway track that never gets used. And it's really good. I mean, in Are you winter, known as the black country, which is yeah. pretty much all. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's nice at the moment because it's all leafy, but in a couple of months that's going to be yeah. properly called Mac McCarthy's The Road. So it's, <laughs> it's quite cheering to look out on. And that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you for that. Uh, and where can we find more information about you online? Yeah, so um, like I say, my Twitter is the main place. I'm very active there. Um, you can go to my website, which I need to update, so I actually don't. Um, <laughs> and yeah, of course, if you're interested in the books, it's 100 Best Video Games That Never Existed, The Death and Life of Schneider Rack, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, and as I say, this, this book is just inspiration for any video game developer who wants to give you a bit of cash for them giving you the idea you can buy anything in there if, if, if EA is listening, if Bethesda is listening I'll do you a deal <laughs> anything in there, anything in there thanks very much <laughs> thank you for the perforated eardrum Philip <laughs> that was my very best Laura Palmer impression so what are you guys going to talk about now because I haven't seen nothing of this I ain't seen nothing. Nobody tell me nothing about this. I mean, so yeah, Twin Peaks is finished. Yep. Yeah. Thoughts? It <laughs> <laughs> was four months. It was a it was a, a long four months. Yeah, I feel richer for watching it, but I don't know what I've watched. I yeah 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 yeah. I mean, where do we even go? Ryan's giving us 15 minutes here, oh, yeah. people. <laughs> well, I mean, you can chop it all, kind of. There's, there's absolute genius moments of artistry in it. Uh, mm -hmm. They talk about episode eight was just like a collage of sound and music, completely mind-blowing. Other people were hinting that is Lynch just having like a midlife crisis and surrounding himself by pretty girls. <laughs> was another yes. approach I saw, especially with this scene with the French woman who oh just kind God. of took ages yeah. to stand up and just kind of crossed and recrossed her legs and battered her eyelids at him. So... Views held by these people are not those of the station. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no. I, no, think, he was, a, I mean, think he'd be the first to admit, like he's a he's a he's a latch, <laughs> David Latch. <laughs> Is that his new name going forward? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the scene with the French woman was actually like it was kind of the show in microcosm. It was like just leave the room but like yeah. she's like taking 10 minutes to leave the room crossing and recrossing her legs reapplying her lipstick having a sip of wine winking and just like I'm like oh my god just like can something happen now and she's like no no not yet mm -hmm. could have explained that uh, it could have explained what Billy was in that time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how's Annie we still don't know no <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
there's I, I just I, I don't know I just wish some things and more things had been answered I feel like with the two part finale mm-hmm. if you just watch part one that's actually a fairly satisfying conclusion. sort of conclusion in that, in that most of the kind of plots ended in a way that was conclusive and then it was just the second part was just like oh and now this is like the sort of you know like mescaline dream that happens afterwards but do you think that like Lynch originally like thought hang on a minute I could do this in three hours like Coop gets out the Black Lodge it's another person for a bit and then he gets back to the Twin Peaks and then all this weird stuff happens he could have done it all in three hours without all the Honestly, unnecessary plots they could have done it as a sequel to Fire Walk With Me as was originally planned as a film. I think yeah um, in sort of yeah two or three hours um, and then they were like <laughs> Showtime gave him 18 episodes stuff, and he was like right well gonna go to Vegas and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know have, have this character called Doggy who everyone's gonna love I mean this, this is a massive break between Fire Walk With Me and the return of Twin Peaks here so you think you would have spitballed a little bit in the break I mean I, I, it uh, the for the first like ten weeks that I watched it episode eight like aside it was the most frustrating thing watching mm. nothing happen for an hour mm. um, isn't that pretty much the plot to Walking Dead though yes yeah um, but it's just yeah I uh, so yeah week after week it was just the most frustrating thing and it's like oh he's, he's trolling us he's doing this on purpose he's just it's Lynch parodying Lynch yeah. but it was addictive nothing was happening but you couldn't look away yeah. I spent most of the shows checking the clock it's nearly an hour it's nearly an hour nothing's happened it's nearly an hour nearly an hour and then big the end scene and it's finished and you're like I've got to wait a week now to find out if something actually ever does happen see this, yeah. this fascinates me because I didn't watch Twin Peaks but you could be describing Better Call Saul <laughs> is this a trend at the moment? I think it's like when they call it prestige television, it's just like, here is nothing happening beautifully for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, the, I would consider the, the return to be an incredible piece of work because nobody has tried something like this where they've left so many loose ends, had like a French woman leaving a building for about half an hour, a man sweeping the floor for like five I mean, Nobody's that... doing it and he's pushing the boundaries of what you can show and do again with a TV show. Can we, can we just talk about that final scene? Yeah. I think we should talk about the final showdown, the fact that... I think we should go for that first with okay. the Wizard of Oz style ending and how, like... And you were there, and you were there, yeah, and it mm. came together very... Yeah. It was like, oh, by the way, oh, it's like, we've, we've, we've spent, spun our wheels for 18 weeks, and it's like, oh, it's the finale now, so let's have everything conclude in about two minutes. Yeah, mm. and being resolved by and a character being, who's been in it for two weeks, who yeah. wears a rubber glove. It was such a deus ex It's my destiny! Yeah. yeah, it was... It was completely bizarre, but then there is humour throughout Lynch's work, so was it a... It was sort of like a giant two fingers up, like, yeah. well, you wanted an ending, here's, here's an ending. Yeah. I like the theory that this is just the precursor to June, when it's a Paul Artredes, when he's having his whole spy stream. Whoa. Well, I don't get Link, that Link and the Lynch's together. Mm. Um, mate's with me. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> you yeah. there, man. That, <laughs> so that's, that, I was like, okay, fair enough, though. That, 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 that sort of, you know, climactic showdown, I was like... I finally don't hate Lucy anymore. <laughs> like that character is fine. Has finally, uh, you know, she sort of justified her existence. I get cell phones now. I was like, I actually laughed at that. Yeah. Uh, and I've I found her so annoying, even for, like from the original series. And I, immediately in that, I was like, oh my god, that's actually a classically a brilliant moment. Mm. So it's like, yeah, I think it's because you put so much time into it that when these tiny, quick, sort of almost like you know. Um, oh, and they woke up and it was all a dream endings. It still feels like a massive emotional payoff. Mm. Keith, what about you? What do you think? Now, so now you saw the original run. 
back in the day and now this new back room. in 1990 yeah <laughs> and the uh, and the international version that was on video cassette before the series happened i just thought it was the the, the, uh, the pinnacle of television uh, an artist being allowed to tell the story you wanted to tell but tell it unlike any other story like phil was saying it was it's there in writ through it like a, like like a stick of rock it's the greatest dream we've never had and I like the fact that there's no conclusions and random people turn up because for me that was about that was the, the realest television I've ever seen because you see we watch TV and you watch movies and it's all convenient and everybody knows everybody else and they all talk like they've been given a script whereas this was every week was this is real this is some this is a this is a real life and the kind of stuff with Las Vegas I thought was symbolic of the randomness, the whole lottery thing, that random stuff happens, and the idea of like going back to characters that you knew 25 years ago, it's like, in real life, we don't know what happened to all the people we used to know a few years ago, and we might see them, but we don't get the full story of what's going on. We get that quick snapshot of what they're doing now, and we get a bit of a flavor for it. And I thought it was very real, and when it wasn't real, it was the dream that we we all have. Would you describe this as anti-troop TV then? Because we all know what a normal TV series is. We'll have the hero characters, we'll have the villain characters, and we all know what it's building up to be. Even Game of Thrones has become that in the latest seasons. It's smaller cast list, and it's the whole fight of good versus evil. Would you say like well, no. Lynch plays with it? Well, yeah, because we already always knew for this whole series there was a battle of good versus evil coming against Coop versus bad coop that was that was inevitable to happen we were that was so there was the good versus evil battle but he's obviously twisted it slightly um but i would say those themes are present but they're just done completely differently yeah i I just think it's really interesting that this new season if you go back and watch the original first two seasons of twin peaks it actually it's a very sort of procedural like storyline where everything happens one thing after another and actually like this is much more like a Lynch film like Mulholland Drive or Inland mm. Empire mm. Um, is that because like, he had more to prove back in the day though I think well I think maybe back in the day as well it was like right you're making a sort of nighttime crime drama slash soap mm. here's, here's the kind of formula that you have to follow um, like, like the fact that they forced him to you know um, reveal who the mm. original murderer was uh, because he never wanted to do that he didn't even know who the killer was when they pitched it um, and he kind of got shoehorned into this very like um, cookie cutter drama, and then it was there was just enough of his weirdness in it that it ended up you know changing television forever. Whereas this is like undiluted, completely pure his vision. Yeah, he's an artist Matt, at his peak, I suppose, yeah. who has free reign. It doesn't happen very often. You, it's you know, it's the Beatles with Sergeant Pepper. It's kind of like I've hit my pinnacle, and all the tools are there as well with what we have now him to achieve something that's not been done before I mean, and that's something we said about when we had the mid-season break uh, you said the cinematography and the tone of it kept very close to the original two series I mean the, the way they've used CGI and it's still got that 80s oh, kind yeah, of feel oh yeah the <laughs> but they've done <laughs> that on purpose yeah, yeah. yeah it will change TV again because people will look at this now what they can do so people will look I think I want to make a bit of a weird TV show look what Twin Peaks did I mean look at episode 8 alone is just a uh, I mean that's single-handed the best episode of TV I think. I think we're also we're also forgetting how much of this show is also down to Mark Frost. Mm. The fact that visually it's pure Lynch, but I think storytelling-wise it's Lynch and Frost. Mm. Because if you read the stuff that he's put out in like the Secret Dossier and all that mythology, a lot of that is coming from Mark Frost as as well as David Lynch. So as a collaboration between these two artists, would you throw Badlamento in there as well with the music? No, because there wasn't much music. His music in it this time. 
but it's still that theme running through it. That kind. Well, of music is particularly important to yeah. it because all of the stuff that happens at the Roadhouse is essential. It, it, there's something about those episodes that end with these bands performing at the end, and the whole reality of it all is like when you get James singing his song from the first <laughs> oh series, singing that again. But you've got this guy; the, the, he was a character who rode around on a yeah. motorbike, and he was this, and now he's a security guard at the at the at the, 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 the northern, but and he's just kind of hanging cool, out. Cape. He's always been cool. <laughs> He was never cool. <laughs> <laughs> but there's all, all of these un- other themes that are running through it. Lots, lots of different things that affect everybody in real life. The whole kind of like ev- people fancying other people and kind of adultery and relationships and people getting into fights, fighting over their feelings. Because most of the fights were, were revolved around somebody looking at somebody and like you could see the lust and desire. And lust and desire was a big thing through it all the way through. But I, I, I don't want anybody else to try and attempt to do this because it will be rubbish mm. in mm. comparison. Nobody else could do this. Lynch did Twin Peaks originally. Nobody else could do that ever ever since. They've tried it and they've been particularly bad. So I think they should just kind of leave this as the pinnacle of how to do grand scale television. What about the end then? So obviously the, uh, we, we've established the last episode was con- something completely different to what we've been watching for 18 weeks. What yeah. what do you think the end is about? Because I mean that seems pretty final. So no matter all the loose ends, it seems pretty final that that is the this is the end. Two people stood on a street and a scream and the lights go out. Yeah, mm. I mean, uh, it was terrifying. It really was. That whole um, the I mean, oh my god. Also the uh, cutting up the footage from Firewalk with me hmm. with. And let me just get this straight. Basically, they filmed that scene with Laura in the woods, and that's just been in the in a box somewhere for twenty five years. And then they and then they used it. No, I don't no, think no, so. It was no. filmed for this. Yeah, they just they just shot her in a way so you couldn't tell. That it was I thought it, I thought mm-hmm. it was Clint Eastwood's daughter, and then she cropped up in the next episode. So because I thought oh. she she looks like a young Laura Palmer, but oh okay. But right. the, but calling it an end as mm-hmm. well. I don't think it's an end. This is just where our our engagement with this story stops. It's a loop. And the circle starts over. And yeah. it, 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 we're going back and it, the, it was cyclical. It went back to the beginning of the show. We I went back to the first moments that we had where you see Josie and you see all of them in the cabin and he goes off to, to start fishing and he doesn't find the body. Mm. So it's all something's it's it's changed and and life is different, but I think it'll it'll all happen again. And the fact that they went to the house that the real woman, the, the woman that answered the door, was the woman that lives in that mm. actual house. So how does it compare with the confusion around the ending of Sopranos? Because that's the other big ending that people can never work out whether they're satisfied or enraged by. With the Sopranos, it just ends outright. So you the characters are just going to live their lives. And there's just that ambiguousness about that end, but you know everybody will live life. There's no, there's no confusion about how they will live their lives. But between peaks, the, you, you just don't, don't know. know what, like, you don't know why. Is it a, is it a parallel reality? Yeah. Like, does it cross over into fantasy or sci-fi? Yeah, because I think the character yeah. you've been following for the last twenty-five years, this Dale Cooper, in this final hour, is known as Richard. His name's completely changed. The world felt very, very real. It almost felt documentary-like in the last yeah. hour. It was a little bit more hollow. It felt more day-to-day. So all these characters you've invested so much time in are completely different. They go to the house they've always gone to. There's a different woman there. And it felt like a lot of European cinema where if it's a two-hour film, sometimes you get two hours of that person's life. You don't quite know what happened before. And you never know what's going to happen afterwards. It's kind of like, well, that's your lot. That was your little window. There's your insight into this. Now go and make of it what you want. It was... I mean, one thing I've heard uh, a lot about online is the drive is them crossing over to a mm. different kind so, of world yeah. because you just have the footage I think it's about a minute and a half them 
no no interaction with the characters. It's just footage of the car driving down the mm. road into pretty much blackness. Yeah, mm. I mean that's pretty much the bit where I started <laughs> jumping da- in. On David the Lynch, like no one can make a, a a drive as scary as David Lynch. Just the headlights into nothingness is mm. such an eerie eerie thing to watch, and, and you know you just feel like all sorts of otherworldly things are out there, and you just don't know. Um, but I'll be it. <laughs> no, also no one can wear a chenille. Dressing gown like it's a mink stole, <laughs> like Laura Dern. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good call. <laughs> she was, I that the the Diane reveal did not let me down. Mm. It was she was flawless in both versions of the mm. character. Okay, let's wrap this up really quickly. Um, best new character, favorite scene of the season, and was it was it a success? Because I'm sure we're going to touch it at the end of the year again. Anyway, when we do a review of the year, so quick round robin, I guess. Uh, favorite character, Diane. Um, and I think my favourite scene would probably be one of the sort of four quarters of episode eight where um, it's the giant and the goddess. Yeah. Just because it's pure, it's beautiful, it's dreamlike, it's mythological, it's it's epic. Keith? Uh, I'm going to go for Carl. It's my favourite character. And all of episode eight, just it was the most phenomenal piece of television I'd seen in a very, very long time. Um, I'm going to go for the Mitchum brothers they need their own TV show oh. and I love Big Ed finally falling in love with Otis oh. Redding playing I absolutely cried. perfect I cried at that scene I'm going to go for Candy she was <laughs> utterly brilliant and uh, favourite scene Freddie in the bar ZZ Top playing punching the guys in the face <laughs> the record skips brilliant I'm going to say Gimli in the Siege of Helm's Deep <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to go with Master Chief and the, and like the forward into Dawn yeah <laughs> And was it a success? Unmitigated. Yeah, 100%. Totally. A strange success, yeah. Bye then, Kirk. Go buy records then. Sodja, leave us here. Get it. Alright, I'm off now. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for breaking my box, guy. (laughs) (laughs) He did unload his box as he arrived at the studio. (laughs) He what? Kirk came into the studio today, and as soon as he walked to the door, his box just dropped on the floor. His vinyl box. His handle came off his vinyl box. (laughs) Bless him. <laughs> now he's going to have to get it on wheels. Yep. Right, that's pretty much it from us for this week. Guy, where can we find you online? Uh, Instagram, Vinyl Guy H. And what do you show on your Vinyl Guy H Instagram? Uh, pics of my length. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> pictures of my 12 inches and 7 inches. In plastic format. Yes. And anywhere else? They all look alive, texting away there. Do you want to plug your blog or have you just no, given up on that completely? Guy stopped buying Mr. Ellis, where can Hi. we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. Look for the ginger man with the blue tick. Or you can see me drinking a lot on Instagram Try at on Philip shoes. Ellis. <laughs> Talking of the tick, have you bothered to watch the new Amazon Prime version yet? No. I don't know if it's worth watching. Is it, is it Peter Serenifich? Peter Serenifich. Yes. But I like the Patrick Warburton version because Patrick Warburton had the world's best voice for that character. He was a good voice for the character. This well, looks alright actually though. I mean, But having Dwayne Benzie, I don't know. What's yeah, a Dwayne Benzie? He's not watched Spaced in a while. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh! <laughs> okay. Okay, no, Penny drops there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
And you can find your website at... Uh, you can read my work at freelancephilip.co.uk, featured in Huffington Post and Teen Vogue. Giving the plugs in there. Mr. Bloomfield, where can we find you? Hardluck underscore hotel on Twitter, without the underscore pretty much everywhere else. Not the Count Duckler episode. Not Just to make that perfectly clear. But yeah. it is a good episode. Knowledge. Are you, are you going to rugby again anytime soon? Not, not <laughs> soon. But are you going to be sent possible? to Coventry instead? I went to Polytechnic <laughs> in Coventry. Coventry's all right. It's not that bad. Can you go to Nuneaton and I've give us a review? I've been to Nuneaton as well. Can we go to just crap towns? Right. But he's bit? never been to me. This no. is a new feature. I've been crap. to Nuneaton. <laughs> I like, I like to go to towns to that aren't being dug up. <laughs> That's quite nice. To I, not constantly I, have those stuff being dug up. I feel like we have a new feature on the show where Keith goes Keith, to crap towns of the Midlands. Keith's gone crap town. <laughs> on public transport. <laughs> Bluefields <laughs> bus journeys. <laughs> you got the bus to rugby. No, I didn't get the bus to rugby. I got a train. Once I worked out which of the it 42 was, was like different a fast train ticket options I could use. <laughs> what what happened the moments you stepped off the train in rugby? Give us your first out like your first moments in rugby. What happened? Have you seen Enemy at the Gates? <laughs> <laughs> Is that one person jumps off the train with a rifle yeah. and you've got a pack of ammo? To <laughs> I I got off the tra- I got off the train and thought this is a nice station, unlike New Street. Uh, it was quite What's nice. With New Street? Was it indoors they just or spent outdoors? A fortune on they, it? they haven't spent a fortune on New Street. They've spent a fortune on the bit before you get into New Street. The rest of it's these same dingy tunnels under the ground for the Morlocks. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the trick to keep the Londoners in London, so we keep Birmingham to ourselves. Yeah, let them still think that Birmingham is crap. Yeah, because when they pull into the train on the way to Manchester, which apparently is all Londoners do, because Birmingham doesn't exist to them, they just keep the crap station and then don't get out of the train. Hmm. Something I haven't established, why did you go to rugby? You never told us. You just said, I went to rugby, but you did I went to rugby for work. But what were you doing in rugby? I was trying to get a project off the ground, so... In rugby. Good. in rugby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you play rugby in rugby? No, I didn't play rugby in rugby. I've never it played is from rugby, rugby. That's in why anywhere, it's in rugby. any any place. In much the same way I've, I have played association football. In football. football. <laughs> you can say, did you play association football in rugby? I didn't play association football in. Fo- did you rugby. take your chili bottle to rugby? No, I didn't actually. So you're not getting much use of it, really, are you at the moment? That twenty when pound investment seems to be going slowly into. This is such a drilling. <laughs> Do you feel like do you not like do you not like the fact that on this show you've become defined by your chili bowl? Yeah, I don't <laughs> mind that actually because I may not use it every day, but when I use it, it serves the purpose for which it was purchased. Right, we we have an impartial guest in. Oh, yeah, impartial. You stop talking about this. No, no. no. Sorry, Phil. It's like you you can't. It's like say if like somebody had an affair, like Leif partner had an affair, you don't let them forget it. So, so we will not let Keith forget oh, that he spent you, £20 on a bottle. Guys, the sort of not, not forgive or seven forget. £7 optional brush. That's what, that's what gets me more, the £7 optional brush. With natural bristles, I believe. Yeah, a bottle brush to clean bottles with. Kelly's right, let's move. Let, we, 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 the bottle will yes. rear its ugly that, head, That bottle is empty now. <laughs> the bottle of content is empty. Let's move on. <laughs> it's, it's now all about the shoes. <laughs> My sh- are, how cute are my shoes today? I'm wearing bright yellow Fred Perry trainers. No, they truly are yellow, unlike the iPad case, which was mustard. E- exactly. Are you sure this they're true Perry yellow? And that's not just been written on with Tipex. <laughs> Did you fall like over the Tesco on the hit, tear away version? Jeans. 
I've got nice knees. I wanted to show them off. <laughs> so you're over thirty now, so therefore you need to start wearing Converse like the rest of us. I, I, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've lived in Converse for the last like ten years. Can, but. can I just have a look at the soles? You see, I'm not a big fan of like soles without grips. Bit of crazy. You know, like. Because I, I've never understood the idea of like leather-bottomed shoes. Yeah, sweet so does combo. it go to work? You can't have an accident. <laughs> yeah, like in a coffee shop, he falls over. Like, I've had an accident at work. Sorry, you don't work here. <laughs> we will never see Phil on injury lawyers for you. <laughs> I, I can only sue myself. <laughs> have you had an accident at work? I had one at Starbucks. <laughs> Right. Don't go to Starbucks. Talking about Starbucks, what the hell did we see this morning? We saw your typical hipster cliche. He sat in Starbucks about 8.30 in the morning. MacBook. Yeah, reading Jack Carrack on the road. Oh, my God. Ooh. And he was placed at the end of the queue where you put your drinks up, so you know he's basically fishing for ladies. But, oh, look at me, I'm cultured. So the foppish hair, you know, a hipster shirt. You yeah. know, it wasn't which, which edition? Of uh, on the road was it? One that you get new. paid HMV for like two for fiver. Yeah, not a classic. No. Like, you know, not, not a first one. edition. Yeah. No. Oh, well, yeah, it's just, that's just trying too hard. That yes. is. Well, it's like Jack Kerouac was, I'm going to say it, terrible writer. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm better. It's not uh, as cool as the one day when I was going past Moore Street Station and in the calf, uh, you can see the calf through the, the windows that like, look out onto what's it and there was an, one day Serving I saw an old guy like, an old guy with like lots of hair white beard reading Jules Verne and I was like that is so cool that's that, that, yeah, that, that, that is that. I, I'm here for that yeah, yeah. classic sci-fi yes he would look he just looked like he could he was off on an adventure he was going to the centre of the earth's core yeah, or whatever that, that's who like, I want to be but with yeah, a bit man. of Edgar Rice Burroughs or something whole Princess of Mars series that's, bit of Barsu. that's cool but the other guy was just a blend so <laughs> yeah Right, talking of authors and massive segues, <laughs> Nate, do you want to remind us where we can find your information online? I don't know, I kind of want to hear more about this bottle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can find me on Twitter where I am at Frog Croakley, that's Frog, C-R-O-A-K-L-E-Y, and my icon is a little platypus wearing a backwards baseball cap. Um, well, because that's what I look like as well. <laughs> I've just followed Frog Croakley on Twitter, and I'm already loving it. Something tells me as well, but next week we're going to see you wearing a backwards baseball cap. <laughs> next week? I'm not here. Oh, I, yeah. I'm officiating a wedding in Bulgaria. We'll look for the pictures on Instagram of you wearing a what baseball cap. What life do you lead? <laughs> a good one is the short answer. He's a Bulgarian priest. <laughs> I mean, isn't everyone? You sound like a Lynch character. Oh, my God. I mean, I kind of am. I am, you're, yeah. You're... It's different things every week. One day, one week it's, oh, I might be on Gogglebox on TV. One week it's, I might be hosting a panel at San Diego Comic Con. Next I won't week, be hosting, I've just been asked to be on do it. Do you know what? I'm starting to think these are lies. He's Jay from the Inbetweeners. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it. That's why his Instagram stories are for. <laughs> so, so I, I, I have got receipts. I, I see no Gogglebox. I just see well, shoes. We might be onto something here because most of his Instagram stories are just him with a, with a very plain background. <laughs> and it's often saying, here I am at such and such. No, that's just the, your flat. you just gone to a different part of the room. We are the dreamer who lives inside a dream. <laughs> yeah. Just got a projection screen behind him. Absolutely amazing night at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
do feel now like I need to put Chili the bottle online somewhere for his, for their, their oh own my adventures. God, like a dog Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Should, should I do it on Instagram? We the just journeys Instagram of stories. the Chili bottle. Yes. Now you have your super expensive gimbal on your iPhone. You can take like footage of Chili the bottle being yeah. around places. Can, he, you, can you start that this week? I might start that this week. One of his first adventures will be going to pick out some shoes. Um, <laughs> whether he's going to have to figure out which which shirts he could wear. Can you take <laughs> a picture of the Chili bottle in its underwear in the? <laughs> I don't. I want do not apologise <laughs> for that first trap because my body is amazing. We just don't want to see the bottle brush accent because that might get you taken off Instagram. We know what they're like. On the yeah, I'm, I, I, I yeah, I'm not going to do anything with the. That. I don't know. Yeah. I uh, they didn't mind the boomerang of me shaking up the cocktails the other day. It's all in the wrist. It's how, it's how, how how I get boys to like me? Do you see as bad as when you're using the hammer on Instagram? <laughs> About that. <laughs> that was good. The, the only reason it was so limp is because I had a shoulder injury. <laughs> Phil was making jewelry in Prague. I was. I was. Phil was making jewelry. I was actually pressing silver coins in Kutnahora, which is two hours outside of Prague. Thank I'm you. sorry. Are your weekend plans generated by a box? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I just, I just have fun. You have the little jingle every time you slap the button. <laughs> I mean, I look, I look good. And that was, that was, that was, that was a trip I didn't pay for. That was a press trip. Blaggers just, just, of the know. year. Yes, talking of blaggers of the year. Yeah. My food blog at bromigorman.com is shortlisted for Birmingham Blogger of the Year. Blagger. Woo! Woo! Yes, I'll find out in October. Voting's closed now, so you're rubbish if you haven't voted. I voted literally in front of you. I you know. saw me do it. You That's made me do it. That's because I stood over your shoulder and press that one, press yes, that one. Right? <laughs> you know, surprise, surprise, I was drunk. I was like, which button do I press? <laughs> I love the fact that all of the uh, nomination lists you were on, I go through it to get to your category, and I'm mostly, don't know what that is. Never heard of that. I don't know what that oh, is yeah, either. No. It's yeah. like because we live in the suburbs. That's what. Yeah, I it's like favourite prawn dish or whatever it is, or best way a crab's been dressed for dinner or whatever it is. It's like I don't know any of these things. Just thinking of a crab in the tux now, and I love it. I've been going for the rest of the day because oh, oh, he's shining. Yeah. That's your next novel. Yeah, sick. <laughs> crab in a tux, the book. You can find me at Ryan Parish. And you can find us all at Geeky Brummy. You can find you chucking a poo out of a window. Sorry, I was a bit slow on the uptake there. <laughs> Too late now. No, well, you probably did chuck a poo out of a window. Why? I don't know. Because you're filthy, Ryan. That's why. You look like filth. We've got to circle back to this story. <laughs> because I, the, 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 I read the news piece. You posted it. read the news piece. Saw the guy's name, Liam Smith, which I clicked on because it's the name of somebody I know as well. But it, that took me then to his GoFundMe go, page. GoFundMe page. To re- where in the story? I missed something. Why is he needing the money to replace? Because the firemen had to come and break the window to get the girl freed. Okay, I didn't read that far down into the story. I just feel sorry for that girl having that whole period where she must have been trapped, staring at what she'd produced for a good couple <laughs> of hours in a very small enclosed space. Yeah, there's a lot of things in this story that don't ring true for me. No. Really? It does feel like it's somebody's prank that's gone massively out of because hand. Because in my experience, most people just leave them there, <laughs> really. There's, there's no consideration for anybody else afterwards. It's mostly like, oh, well, there, there it goes. If, if you're putting your hands on the item, won't you just break it up and then flush it? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, crumble it up no, a little bit. Enough. <laughs> it's pragmatic, I'll give him that. Yes. 
Enough. I feel ill. <laughs> you felt ill when you walked into the room today. I know, and then I rallied, and now I feel ill again. And was this? A, was it a first date? Apparently. Yes. So it was in his house after cheeky Nando's. Oh, well, clearly <laughs> she needs to take down the spice level. We uh, we saw a first date last night at the pub, and it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> like literally, this it obviously was a Tinder date. He'd obviously put a misleading picture because I'm thinking was he was a group photo guy. Way out of his league, yeah. like and yeah. like we observed this for a while. There was a bit of chitter chat to begin with. Apparently, Kirk and Jenny said to them, uh, "Original party men before," but like towards the end, about about an hour into it, they were playing pool. That abyss they for the rest of the night, just smiling as they handed each other the pool cue, and no, no other conversation, just the abyss of a game of pool. I think it was more the every time he went to the bar to get drinks, she was phoned straight out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was wearing his dad's Ralph Lauren shirt, which was not a good look. He just genuinely, he looked like an office intern, it just wasn't great. Like, she was alright, do you know what I mean? She was way out of his league. Definitely. Well, we can only hope the pool was a deep erotic metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed that you two didn't do a commentary live on Facebook for this. I did. I, I, do I, live I was commentary. like, I was sat there just, like, loudly. loudly. And I was going to go up at the end and go, I really hope you're having a good day. <laughs> I think the guy pretty much heard everything. Oh, yeah, he saying. knew I was onto him as well. I think it's when we started saying he looked like Guy Garvey's got a face like a bricky. I think he realised that we might have been talking about him. <laughs> He's listening to everything. <laughs> You've destroyed I, this man's I really hope that twist. guy got lucky last night, but I, I don't know. Maybe with his hand. <laughs> Do you think there's a whole group now of, of guys on first dates wondering whether their dates need the toilet? And are kind of going, Do I invite her home? Is she going to block the toilet up? I don't want my neighbours finding things being chucked out the window. Is there a whole thing now that's going to go on as a result of that? That people are just going to go, you know, I mean, everybody's had that panic moment, but I can't ever imagine like, fishing something out and throwing it out the window. Yeah. Is it going to be like isn't parents? That pretty much, isn't that pretty much a scene from Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Isn't it going to be like parents, though, before they go on holiday, that you're going to ask your date, can you go to the toilet here first? <laughs> yeah, like, like before you leave the restaurant. Are you sure you, sure you don't need to go? Right. <laughs> Oh, I mean, what, what, uh, do you know what's mad for this? It doesn't present Nando's in any good light, which I don't like. <laughs> I don't want Nando's being responsible for this girl's bowel movement, to be honest with you, an embarrassment. The fact you like Nando's this much worries me. Nando's, mate? You want to come on these blogging adventures with me and Phil, and then Nando's is the epitome of cuisine to you. Do you want Nando's is great? Because you don't have to tip. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Miser's Banquet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a KFC bucket for one. <laughs> How can you get this much chicken for £10? <laughs> Did anybody buy Mindhorn on Blu ray this week? No. No. You, are you the only person in the UK who watched that film? <laughs> it's because everybody else is watching Noel Fielding on Bake Off going, Why are you here? Yeah, I don't. Oh, but Sandy Toxvig, though, bless her. She's just so lovely. I was very disappointed in Noel Fielding this week. I want him to get progressively more goth throughout the season till he's dressed as the guy from the IT crowd with the computer. Ren- Renly. Yes. Renfield, Renly. Renton. Richmond. 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 Yeah. yeah, I want him to be full Richmond at the end in the final. Oh, my God, yeah. Or, like, <gasps> no, like the hitcher. Let me put you in the pitcher. It's coming out of me like a yellow cable. <laughs> Oh, this solo polo vision, crikey! <laughs> <laughs> See, I, don't, I I watched this Bake Off thing again this week, and I don't get it because they have this like the technical challenge bit in the middle, which doesn't seem like much of a technical challenge because it just seems like it's more of a. I tried to make um, fortune cookies this week. Yeah, it was um, thingy rolls last week. Thingy Swiss rolls. rolls, Swiss rolls. Swiss. Yes. But surely this is, what's the point of this competition if one of the things is like make something random you've never made before 
why is it's this? It's because you're supposed to have the basic skills it's to be able to make anything. Well, it's just gladiatorial, isn't it? This is the, the, the whole scene, basic now, skills. Now that would be a good episode of Bake Off where they have to bake their weapons. Oh, oh they're getting drunk. Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh like, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Unleash the petty part. Bread or knives. <laughs> what were you saying about mind torn before we. Before I was we just wondering if anybody had caught it. Talking of Bake Off, why are all the ovens on the floor? Because they all have to look at what's going on in there. So why have they crippled everybody by putting them on For the floor? For cinematography. Is that just so that one of the one of the women they can just go? Oh, well, we can get a nice well, shot. So you here. can get the desolate shot of the guy lying down because everything's gone wrong, staring and. But it's the all co- it's all cobblers. It's all made up. All the bits where they go uh, five minutes to go bakers. You know they film that twenty four hours after everything has gone on and there's nobody else in there. <laughs> it's all made up. All the dramas just completely like oh and everybody's panicking before Keith Bloomfield like, destroying reality TV for the nation. It's all terrible. I watched the other one that Nadia does on the BBC, the family thing. Which seems a bit more reasonable because they get to cook food that they actually like to make. So it's like, well, make something you actually like making rather than Bake Off, which it just seems to be a competition in can you make something randomly better than somebody else can make something randomly? I don't understand it. And why cakes that look like watermelons? What the hell's that all about? I've never watched Bake Off. I'm probably not going to start now. <laughs> it's just a bit random. I don't understand it. It's like getting Picasso and getting him to do something he's never done before in his life and then when he can't do it very well going well you're a crap artist then aren't you <laughs> just have a massive chicken Kiev tournament every week That's I love I love a Kiev oh I'm like a, oh. have you ever had one right uh, make a sandwich called a, a BLCKT which is a bacon lettuce chicken Kiev and tomato no but Phil is about I to go home I genuinely think make Phil them. got turned on there <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> My nipples just got hard. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pepper on it. It's good. That sounds. Does it incredible. beat a Finder's crispy pancake? Uh, it's spi- right, spiritually, out. it's similar. It, it, chicken Kiev is a Finder's crispy pancake, but it's in breadcrumbs. No, no, they're not. They're, they're not the same thing, but they're, they're on the same sort of plateau. It's it's the 1980s dinner for. Family dinner file. The, the Finder's crispy pancakes are always a bit more flimsy uh, content. Although I do love a cheese Finder's crispy pancake covered in vinegar pancake with, with homemade crisps. No, See, they, have, they didn't have the pasty heat problem. They were always yeah. pleasantly hot. That's because they had just enough pastry to keep the contents in, but allowed for seepage of heat. Was I'm it desperate for one now? Was it pastry? <laughs> was it really pastry? Well, wasn't it? Well, it was crispy. That's it's, all we know. It was, a, it was some kind of thing. <laughs> it was covered a pancake. In, <laughs> covered in bright orange bits. Crushed up wheat che- Cheetos or something. I think we need to wrap this up, because to be honest with you, there's a puddle of water by Phil, and I can't decide whether it's sweat or pee, so <laughs> let's... Uh, it's <laughs> gin. <laughs> Where can you find us online, Phil? We've already had this bit. I'm recapping. So we can you can finish. find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. No, I meant the show. What? Oh, <laughs> you know, like the whole <laughs> list of social yeah, media. <laughs> you know you the whole find. list of social media you do. You can every show. Oh, you can find if us you'd on. You'd like to hire me to officiate Twitter, your wedding Instagram, in Facebook, J Day, Friends Reunited, Plenty of Fish, Christian Mingle, um, Reddit, Rotten.com, uh, Hot or Not. Pornhub. Uh, we're X Hamster, IMDb, at, at Geeky Brummy <laughs> everywhere. Yes. Thanks any, very much for joining us. Any excuse to promote himself, man. <laughs> so that's just like it just comes out like a catchphrase. You got to tickle me Elmo. You push him and that comes out. You just got to be your own biggest fan, guy. <laughs> Not. Right. Oh, Tom Tom Clement. Let's ask Tom Clement some questions. Our new favorite feature. Wow, what a turn for the books. <laughs>
Join us, Tom Cabal. Okay, I have to go because my date's outside, so I will see you all in a few weeks. <gasps> should we go and have a look? Tom, <laughs> your first question. Yeah. Who do you think Phil's date should, should, should we go and have a look and tell him uh, that Phil's yeah, been to the loop sure. beforehand? I'm an optimist. <laughs> Good luck, Phil. <laughs> Thank you. Right, you have a question for Tom Cabal? How's your week been? It's been good. Have you had any more frightening pictures at work? Uh, Yes, actually. They took another one for the website. Um, (laughs) How many takes (laughs) was it this time? Uh, like three was all I'd allow. Oh, we're doing do better then. Yeah, I just I just grimaced and kind of tried to look busy. Have you renamed uh, your band yet? No, that's still (laughs) that's still what it is, you know. (laughs) And I stand by that. I have a question for Tom Clapham. Do you like Lucasade? Uh, I I I do. Yeah, it's my favourite. Um, it's just the orange one, surely. Slight not, natu- not original. See, original is coloured orange as well, so they can get you like that. There's the orange flavoured one, yes. and then the original is also orange. You know when you said, what's your favourite flavour of Lucasade? Yes. What is the Lucas- actual flavour of Lucasade? <laughs> what's Lucasade? Yeah. Is that like what you drink before Tinder? What's the flavour of Iron Brew? Iron Brew is flavoured by Gerda's. We all know this from the marketing. Yeah. I have a question for Tom Glebant. What's your Hello. verdict on stealing a cat if it comes into your premises for food? Uh if you're if you've stole it and you're like holding it hostage, then that's obviously bad. <laughs> but if the cat has, you know, ability to come in and out, then that's that's fine. But uh yeah, that's that's my verdict on it. Well your your sentence Sorry. structure was a bit confusing there. Was it stealing the cat that has come into your premises for food? Yes. Yeah. Or stealing the cat that's come into your premises for food. Because that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really not a great thing to be doing. Guy likes a cheeky Nando's. Anything's going on. <laughs> Keith, do you have a question for Tom? Uh, yes, Tom. What's your yeah. favourite prime number? <laughs> uh, uh, one doesn't count, does it? No. No, that is one. Uh, three, because it's the smallest. Yes. So... That's Nate, good. do you have a question for Tom Claw? Oh yeah, I suppose I could, yeah. Um, oh, if you could cross any type of bird with any type of fish, what two would you choose? <laughs> that is a question I'm wholly unprepared for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's say um, a tuna and a hummingbird because those are the first two I could think of in the fish bird world. That's highly good? acceptable. Yes. Yeah. yeah, is that appropriate? Have I you've got it? humming and you've got a tune in there, so... Ah, Pretty yeah, music, oh, musical. Yeah. Musical. Mm. Musical fish. <laughs> Tom Clubon, I have a question for you. Okay, hello. What is your least favourite platform of social media? My least favourite platform of social media? Um... I, I read it is kind of took me a while to get used to because it's so like I don't know I found it complicated brutish brutish yes and like it, it just seems very sort of draconian and you'll get like banned and shadow banned and there's mods and I don't like a social media thing with a power structure that seems like too formalised for me Tom Glamon I have a question okay yeah what is your favourite type of cheese my favourite type of cheese. Um, I'm just. I'm going to say cheddar because it's it's versatile. <laughs> like, you know, you can just buy a cheddar block and then use it for lots of different things. Not Whereas the mozzarella, gorge, just the block. <laughs> I have a question for Tom Caban. Hello. Finder's crispy pancakes or chicken Kievs? A lot is riding on this. Is this a high stakes? Oh yes. Um, I'm going to say chicken Kievs because they've featured more in my life. I have more experience of them. Is that was that correct? We're all smiling beatifically. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for Tom Cabarn. Hello. Who is your favourite BBC newsreader? 
I don't I don't really know the BBC News readers. I think Fiona Bruce is the name that springs to mind. <laughs> she moved but to Channel Five, didn't she? she? Did she? What about George Alagaya? Just sounds like he knows how to read news. <laughs> I, <laughs> I trust him, I guess. Tom Clavon, I have a question. Hello. Do you think Keith's water bottle is still ridiculously priced? It is. For a thing that just contains liquid, that's like you could just there's so much cheaper ways you could do that, surely. You just cup it in your hands and yeah, lift that's like a cat. Yeah. I have a question for Tom Cabon. Hello. Have you ever bought bottled water? And if so, how much have you paid for it? <laughs> um, I have, but only in like extreme circumstances where I need water and there's no tap facilities available. Uh, so is this the point where you go, ah, oh, but you know, you paid £1.30 in a train station for a bottle of water when you could have got... I'm just curious as to where you buy your... So what, what price did you pay and how large was the bottle? Um, I, I don't, I'm real filed. tension creeping into the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm asleep. <laughs> Tom Clavon, I have one final question. Okay, yeah. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tom underscore Clavon. Um, and my indie mixtape show has a Twitter as well. And various other stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Has your indie mixtape show moved from Tuesdays to Fridays? It has, yeah. Fridays at 4pm. So it's the the big time slot now. Mm. Getting drive time. Yeah. (laughs) Drive time with Tom (laughs) Caban. Right. It is actually now properly time to say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash brumradio.